You're listening to the T20 podcast with Ayaz Memon in association with Lloyd. Khayal jo ghar ko ghar banaye and Domino's. Defending champions Gujarat have now joined league leaders Chennai at 10 points in the standings with a massive 55-run win over Mumbai. In Tuesday's match at the Narendra Modi Stadium in Ahmedabad, Ayaz Gujarat shaping into the franchise that finished on top last season, aren't they? Oh, and they were absolutely superb, I thought, in beating Mumbai. Big margin, as we know, 55 runs. That's a huge margin in a T20 match. But it's not just the margin of victory; it's the way they went about, you know, executing their game plans. To use a cliche, in bowling, in batting, generally in everything that they did on the field, they bore the stamp stamp of a champion side. Uh, you know, and I, I mean, once you reveal the scores, or once you tell the scores, it will become obvious to listeners how they succeeded in almost every department of the game. So this was a very powerful performance by Gujarat. Obviously, Mumbai at the receiving end, and now they need to watch it a bit because we are approaching the halfway stage. And while Mumbai had three wins on the trot, they've lost two on the trot now. So you know they're going to be they're struggling a bit, and if they have to make it to the playoffs. these are the kind of performances that you have to forget this was a forgettable performance by a very good team uh, by a champion team in the sense that they won the title five times but this is not the way they will you know if they play like this this is not the way they'll make it to the playoffs yeah let's i'll just get you a, a lowdown of how the match went so you can get a better idea of what exactly happened mumbai put gujarat into bat and made some early inroads ridhiman saha got out in the third over to arjun tendulkar and then pandya in the seventh as gujarat for 50 for 2 in 6.1 overs shubman gillo entertained his home crowd with a solid 56 and in the end it was david mill and abhiram manohar who added 71 of 35 for the fifth wicket as gujarat posted a massive 207 for 6 in reply Hardik Pandya got Rohit out in the second over itself, and then Ishan Kishan and Tilak Verma both fell to Rashid in the eighth over, by which point Mumbai were forty-five for three. Neil Vadera provided some fireworks late in the innings, scoring forty of twenty-one, but the target proved too much for Mumbai as they lost by fifty-five runs. Ayaz, as always, I'm going to start by asking you who your player of the game was. Well, I, I would go with uh, Noor Noor Ahmed, the the young Afghan left-arm spinner. He picked up three wickets, including a terrific return catch of Surya Kumar Yadav. Yes, by that time Rashid Khan had done a lot of damage, and Rohit had gone very early to Hardik Pandya. So Mumbai were already tottering. But even so, for a young player to come up and pick up three wickets, including what, uh, as I mentioned, Surya. So that was a big wicket because they were about to. They looked like they were cutting loose. Uh, Surya was, you know, getting into his groove, so to speak. Uh, so I would go with go with uh, Noor Ahmed. You know, he he's one of those who not much was talked about him when when the tournament started, but increasingly in the previous match and in this, he's shown that he's a a very good accomplice of Rashid Khan, his countryman. Uh, Rashid bowls leg spin, Noor bowls left arm spin, and they are becoming the kind of spin combination that Gujarat, you know, is making Gujarat even more stronger. Yeah, actually, speaking of Rashid Khan, he's now the highest wicket taker uh, in the season so far. Fourteen wickets from the seven matches he's played. Got two key wickets, Ishan and Tilak, in the same over today, and completely turned the match in Gujarat's favour. I don't think we've spoken about him much in our podcast, but he's just a key factor. Whichever team he's part of, I mean, I'm just amazed to think that Hyderabad would even be able to justify releasing him before the auction a couple of years back. 
Yeah, I mean, look, I, in my opinion, he's the most MVP of, of T20 cricket worldwide. I don't think there's anybody who's, you know, every team covets him, wherever he plays, whether it's playing in the Big Bash or he's playing in the India T20 League or Pakistan Super League or the Caribbean Premier League, wherever the tournaments are played or in the 100 in England for that matter, he is almost always the first choice. Uh, you know, if, they have, if there are five players that you would think must fit into any team, T20 team, Rashid be, would be one of them. He's absolutely marvellous. He's so consistent over the last four, five, six years. He's the, the most consistent wicket-taker in, in, in this format. And, you know, match after match after match, it almost seems inevitable that when the tournament is halfway, the halfway stage or a little around that, that you know, that point uh, in, 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 its, uh, in its life, that tournament, Rashid Khan will be amongst the top three wicket-takers. You know, whether he wins, whether he gets the highest number of wickets or not, but so far, he's proving to be as you know priceless for gujarat as he was last year and he has been for as he has been for various teams in the past uh, just talking about you know players released in the auction david miller as well i know he was extreme i mean he was happy at rajasthan but they had to release him considering the power packed overseas lineup that they had but he's just a factor in this batting lineup right i mean you get the early wickets but you know there's danger coming your way later in the order i mean there's miller and tevatia that's just like a i mean just mentally also for bowlers you just know there's that big roadblock coming later in the innings Right. This is a very powerful batting lineup. Gujarat, uh, Mandral, look at it. Shubman Gill, Rudiman Saha. Rudiman Saha didn't make much of an impact today, but and neither did Hardik Pandya. Then you've got Miller, as you mentioned, Abhinav Manohar, who made runs. Rahul Tevatia coming in and making what 20 or 5 balls or something like that. This is incredible. I mean, this is T20 batting at its best. If, if and they all, almost all of them seem to be in very good form. So if Opposing teams are looking for vulnerabilities and, you know, weaknesses in this team. I think, <laughs> I'm sorry to say, but as of now, there appear to be none, not in batting or in bowling. We seem to be talking a lot about bowlers, so let's just talk about another one. Mumbai's Piyush Chawla, 34, played one game in 2021, didn't play last season at all, and now he's such a key factor in Mumbai's attack. He's sixth in the standings of the highest wicket takers this season. I mean, he's taken 11 wickets already. I mean, also, it's just like a season of comebacks of like our veteran players, isn't it? It is. And you know, Piyush Chawla, if I remember correctly, I saw him in... Uh, in one of the challenger trophies in 2005-06, I think that's the time he got Sachin Tendulkar's wicket with the wrong one and kind of hit the headlines. And you know, then soon he was part of the Indian team for a while. Obviously, the India T20 League. He's he's been around for a long, long while, almost two decades. But he seems to be, you know, he, he seems to be enjoying himself. He's bowling really well, picking up wickets. And you know, leg spinners or wrist spinners are are the flavor of the season. And almost every team either has one or needs one or wants one desperately. And Mumbai are lucky to have actually got him into their in, in their in their squad because they had let go of Mayank Markande in the past. They had Rahul Chahar and they needed a leg spinner, which they've got now. He may be 34, 35, but he's delivering delivering wickets, which is the most important thing. That's true. Mumbai will need more of those wickets from him if they have to go any into the playoffs at least. I mean, they're at six points from seven matches. They were on a three-match winning streak at one point, but they've now lost two. Um, you know, all is not lost, of course, because we're just like, you know, just like halfway into the league stage. But Ayaz, I mean, it, it, the manner in which they lost today when they were mostly not in the game at all, that's going to be a bit of a concern for Mumbai that they need to really, really address now, right? I think what they need is a really big big knock at the top from Rohit. You know, that'll set the tone for their revival. Uh, you, you, as, 
in this match he made very little impact but otherwise in the matches that he's played so far this season he's not looked out of sorts or in very poor form or anything like that it's just that he's not getting a big score but that it becomes incumbent on the captain and your on the main batsmen of the team to start getting those big scores because the big scores can't come only from the other batsmen so i think rohit getting a big score has become almost the most crucial or the critical factor for mumbai's revival yes cameron green looked impressive uh, till he got out tim david didn't get going today but it can happen to anybody tilak varma couldn't get going today otherwise he's been very consistent but i think rohit he has to set the tempo and the tenor for his team's revival with a big knock at the top now that you talk about revival i just have to get a question in on ajinkya rahani india named their squad for the world test championship final and they named rahani in it i know you'd spoken about it earlier as well after a couple of you know his good performances but it's not just the indian t20 league where he's done well he's done well he's put in the hard yards in the domestic season he scored a 191 this jan so you know there's also solid numbers in the domestic in domestic cricket that he's ridden on the back of and is doing well based on which now he's been selected right Yeah absolutely I think you know there's so much brouhaha about how did Rahane get in and you know how can one judge him on T20 form etc I don't think that he's gotten because of his T20 form what this T20 form has shown in the last few innings that he's got the runs and got them in spectacular fashion is that he's got into the groove he's in good nick his confidence is high and whether one likes it or not the India T20 league is so high profile that anybody making runs there becomes top of mind otherwise my own understanding would be of this of the selection is that it's a fairly conservative selection you've gone back to a player who's been tried and tested he's got a f- impressive overseas record not as impressive in england as say in australia or some of the other places but impressive overseas and i think they plump see this is a one off test match it's not a five test series or a three test series so you have to pick the players who you will almost certainly play in the playing 11 and i think that's what the logic seems to be it is that's my reading of the situation that you pick guys who've got the depth of experience who've got the you know who've got the wherewithal to stand up on the big occasion and deliver and whether it happens or not we'll have to wait and see but that seems to be the kind of dictating logic in the selection of the team Yep, already a little to look forward to after the end of this season as well. Just one last question: Bangalore versus Kolkata tomorrow. Kolkata at four points in danger of sort of being left behind if they lose again, right? They're also on a four-match losing streak. The match, of course, is in Bengaluru, so Bangalore will be the confident one going into the game. Yeah, they certainly will be, and they're also playing at home, so that's another advantage. Though that's not always work to their to their benefit, as we know, they've lost a couple of close matches. It's a small ground, it's a fast outfield, big scores have been seen. there and big scores are chased down so and you know kolkata with all their defeats let's not forget they've got some of the biggest hitters in the in the league they've got nitish rana rinku singh andre russell sunil narayan if he gets going so bangalore need to be a little careful of course you know virat kohli has to get runs he got a first ball duck in the previous match but kohli faf duplessy and maxwell are the guys getting runs they need some more contributions from guys like shahwaz ahmed dinesh kartik certainly and some of the others in the batting lineup so that you know if if they if you have to chase a big total it's not left on two or three people or two people rather you know it becomes a it becomes a team effort and i think what what they've got of course uh, is apart from the three i mentioned faf uh, kohli and and maxwell they've got mohammad siraj who i think perhaps is the standout bowler fast bowler in this tournament so far along with mohammad shami maybe a couple of others but not too many more 
Bangalore actually get to climb to uh, 10 points and also go joint top on points with Chennai and Gujarat if they win tomorrow. So let's see what happens in that game. We'll, of course, be back with Ayaz with the result of that game. Thank you so much for taking time out, Ayaz. Thanks, Mandra. Thanks. Catch up tomorrow. That was today's episode of the T20 Podcast with Ayaz Memon in association with Lloyd, Khayal Jo Ghar Ko Ghar Banai and Domino's. This is a Quint original podcast, executive produced by Shelley Walia and Ritu Kapoor. This episode was hosted by Menra Dorji Sahani, produced and edited by Prateek Lidhu and Anjali Palod, and a special thanks to our guest Ayaz Memon. Stay tuned for our future episodes on your preferred podcast app. You were listening to the Quint's podcast. Hold up. 